the most interesting things in the world. Try and imagine what it will be like to go to sleep and never wake up. I am the sun. It's been a while since I've been on the mic. I spit what I like and looking for a different life. I landed and managed to be gifted to write, but my best friends left, so I stick to the right. I tried to tell them they ain't listen to me. They're missing the key. There's plenty of the fish in the sea. But when you care about somebody that ain't wishing to see, a vision so deep, patience is the gift that I need. Please bless me, let me live stress free. Right now I got a bunch of problems and I'm neck deep. I'm trying to find a way to get my head free. Relax, writing these tracks so I can breathe, breathe, just breathe in the air. No role of control, I'm releasing the care. Stay green like the leaves on the trees are repair. Man, I'm needing to share, ain't no reason to stare. You, you can't have an experience of nothing. Hey guys and gals, welcome back to the DMTworld.net podcast. This is Alex8721, and today we had Panda Dream. Uh, Panda Dream is a co-creator and admin of the DMTworld.net website. He's the host of Cosmic Echo, a lucid dreaming podcast and creator of TaleEaters.com, an online community of lucid dreamers and psychonauts. He's been actively researching, practicing, and teaching lucid dreaming for over 20 years. I know last year I had some issues with lucid dreaming and he was there for me, really helped me out. We go over the beginnings of how DMT World came to be. We spoke about legalization of these substances and plants and fungus. Um, we spoke about dreams and overall where he is um, and what he's got going on right now. I know he's got a book in the works and um, at the end of the, of the podcast, he uh, lets us know what's going on with that. Uh, please feel free to show him some support and visit his sites at hiddengateways.com, which is a self-guidance to conscious awakening. Taileaters.com, which is um, described as taking a critical role in exploring consciousness and the human experience, including lucid dreaming. Um, as always, you can become a Patreon supporter and enjoy cool perks like DMT World Discord chat, supporter pins and stickers, and the ability to create groups and marketplace listings to be able to sell or provide any services that you may have. Um, I'll have the link in the descriptions. Uh, check them out. I appreciate the support. Thank you for listening. Keep spreading that love. And please welcome Panda Dream to the podcast. Mr. Panda Dream, welcome to the podcast. Hello. So glad to have you on here. Glad to be on, man. It's it's been a bit. So Yeah, definitely. Uh I um you are one of the admins for and I mean you're the founder along I mean can, <laughs> admin, founder, creator of the dmtworld.net site, right? Yeah, yeah, kind of, yeah. Kind of. <laughs> well, you <laughs> along uh, with the admins, uh, and this is something that, you know, I know a lot of people on the site have uh, asked questions of. Some people know, some people don't, but I just kind of wanted to get it out, um, you know, for the community to kind of understand where the site came from and, you know, you, KB, Soph, and just kind of where it all started and, you know, the reason behind it and so forth, if you'd be so kind to share us share with us that story yeah sure it's kind of an interesting story um so a couple of years ago i was involved in a, a group called Tripset, and they um trying to help people uh use drugs kind of responsibly and um so they they still are around um some people may know 
of them. But um, I got the great idea that I'd make this social network for them so people could go in there and kind of have a space to share, you know, their experiences or whatever. So uh, I started, um, it was called Tripset Nexus at the time. And um, really, there was probably about 10 people in it. And that's all. And I was mostly sharing my dreams um, to the community of these 10 people. <laughs> and, um, and out of the blue, like the national news kind of got a hold of it somehow. And um, yeah, and they started this whole um, campaign. Um, saying that it was like this uh, psychedelic social network and it was like promoting drug use and harming people and all this stuff. And it really blew up pretty quick. And they got, we got emails from like um, NBC and stuff like that to try to do interviews with us. And it was just kind of really bizarre. Um, These news organizations even had like um, professional psychologists, you know, quote unquote, um, talking about how damaging this this new site is to Wait, the community. Was this like on national news, like national media? I mean, it was a few um, news stations, and then national news re- reached out to what? try to interview us. Yeah, it was it was pretty weird. So, um, you know, I kind of took a step back and I was like, "Whoa, what is going on here?" And I mean, there was literally ten people on it, you know, including myself. And I was like, "Whoa, um, you know, maybe we should take a break from this." So. Um, I shut it down, you know, the trips up guys kind of, they all agreed that maybe this isn't the attention that we wanted at the time. So we shut it down and then kind of went on the back burner for a long time. <clears throat> and then fast forward to last year, um, I became an admin of DMT, the Facebook group and a couple of other groups um, because the the current admin at the time really wasn't doing anything with it. And I had been running some other sites and kind of wanted to re uh, clean it up, you know, cause it's spam out there and kind of get these, get some admins in there to really kind of yeah. clean it up, you know, and it wasn't really my, you know, uh, desire to monitor all this stuff. It was kind of just to like get it back into, in a way that made sense to people and where, you know, actual moderators moderation going on people's Mm -hmm. posts were being approved things like that so um and the the current admin he he agreed he said he was overwhelmed so that was kind of what i did and it's you know it's doing well and everything was good and had a couple admins in there and then uh out of the blue um facebook banned the entire group and without like any notification or anything like that and i was like wow you know like this is pretty bizarre and I had um, previous issues with Facebook banning groups before. So I, I appealed to them and said, hey, you know, like, um, you know, this is okay. You know, abide by the rules of Facebook. You know, it's being monitored, all this stuff. And after a little bit, um, they they approved the, the group back. But then I started considering the fact that, you know, Facebook is monitoring all these people. They're banning groups huge groups for no reason. Like um, who knows who these people that are being reviewing these groups are. They could be in India or anything like that. They have no idea what the the group's actually about. They just review it quickly and ban it. And that's the end of it. And you have no um, choice in the matter. You know, you can appeal, but if it gets rejected by the appeal process, then that's it. So, 
you know, and, and other things were happening at the time with um, social networking and censorship and stuff like that. So I thought maybe, you know, it'd be a good time to kind of bring, bring back this um, social network site that we could host and make it so that people actually had a place to share their, their knowledge and uh, build a community that actually cared about the people versus just having a group that is hosted on this, you know, social network and then gets banned for no reason whatsoever. You know, I kind of put the care back into the community. So yeah. that's kind of how it, it all started. Um, what, what, and, around what time was, was this like um, year wise? I think it was, uh, I mean, the first time that the trips at Nexus one or no, this, this, when, uh, you guys, when here, when you got to this point, when they got you, they closed the group and opened it back up and then you guys. Maybe been around um, May of last year, okay. something like that. Oh, okay. So DMT world hasn't really been around for a long time. Mm-mm. It's been around a little bit over a year mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and, and we got a lot of pushback from uh, people in the the DMT community, you know, um, specifically like DMT Nexus. Um, they they were really um, kind of uh, rude about us getting on their turf, things like that. So um, it was kind of <clears throat> interesting. And then you know, people saying, "Oh, you can't." you won't be able to do this because, um, you know, nobody actually wants to leave Facebook, things like that. So, um, we just did it to see, you know, what would happen. There was nothing I already had, you know, like everything already created previously. So I just kind of redid it in a different way. Um, and we got a lot of good people to join in and kind of start helping build the the community and then invited additional people into it to kind of, um, turn that engine, you know, to make it self start. And then, um, you know, it, it took a couple months, but after a couple months, I kind of had this idea that it would, it would kind of just self grow. And it, it surprised me actually how well and easy it was to, to get the community going and no huge major like pushback or, um, you know, there's a lot of people in, enthusiastic about it and really start caring about it. And, you know, the point where um, people were getting like the logo tattooed on their body, that's the point <laughs> where I was like, okay, this is, <laughs> this has become something else than I really ever expected. You know, my goal is to make a place just for people to have fun, hang out, share knowledge, um, encourage each other to, to grow, you know, um, kind of stray away from that self-destructive kind of stuff. And, um, and it wasn't my intention to really be involved in the community, um, as much as other people, you know, Mm -hmm. um, it was more me monitoring things in the back end and trying to make sure things worked as best as possible. And, you know, it made the, the community itself kind of made that happen. So it wasn't really something that I had to be super stressed about. Um, though I, you know, there's times where I am stressed out because something happens on the site, you know, and, um, or system upgrade comes out and I have to process that. So make sure that the changes are implemented on the site correctly and things like that and things break. And that stresses me out because now I have people depending kind of on the system that, you know, I never really intended to be as big as it is. And yeah, 
is popular. So um, that's a little bit stressful, but overall I think it's really good and it's helping a lot of people. Um, you know, there's times in there where I thought, you know, I, I sat back and um, watched some self-destructive behavior happen in the site. And, yeah. um, you know, I really had to sit back and think, um, is this doing good or is it doing harm to people? And there was a debate in my mind at that point, you know, like, should this be shut down? Um, it was a, it wasn't too much later after we started the site. So it's nothing recent, but, mm-hmm. um, but I, you know, I talked to the other admins and sat back and watched it for a while. We all did. And a lot of good came out of that some of that self-destructive behavior too, you know, like people, those people came back sometimes and, or they, they posted saying, you know, that whatever they did changed who they are and that they learned from it, things like that. So, you know, it became really positive, you know, and, and it's helped me grow a lot too. So I'm really appreciated for the experience of the community and um, interacting with everybody on there made a lot of friends, you know, you're, you're a good friend of mine now. And, um, yeah. <laughs> and I, you know, and when we talk, you know, people talk often, um, uh, with each other, I talk with people and, um, just self growth out of that, even not related to psychedelics all the time, you know, just, um, consciousness and mm-hmm. spirituality and life changes and psychology and all that stuff. So it's been really, really good. Yeah, I man, I'll, I'll tell you this. Um, I, I know that the sentiment across the community um, is nothing but gratefulness. You know, for a lot of people, this has been you know one thing that really you know helped them in their journey, whether it is with psychedelics or just you know in that you know journey of advancing you know themselves. Um, I myself, you know, am one of those people, you know, I, I think that, you know, there, there's a few points in there that you brought up. Um, one thing was like the, the other online communities, you know, not being so accepting of sharing that stage, so to speak, you know, um, this is something that I try to work against because, Uh, As much as DMT World is, you know, a a home of mine, a community that I feel I belong to, I know that there's other communities out there that are just as great and they, you know, bring a lot of positivity to a lot of people as well. So for me, I, you know, I feel like the stage is endless, you know, when it comes to these communities because you can never have enough of them. Yeah, Uh, definitely. Also, um, even like, you know, how you said the, the, the person, the admin of the other group on Facebook, you know, they got a little overwhelmed, you know, when you came on and tried to, you know, you know, help out with things. That's another good point. You know, um, there is a lot of groups within the site itself um, that, you know, some of these are, aren't as active. Um, sometimes it could just be people that, you know, um, you know, came on, helped found the site and maybe, you know, life got busy, whatever the case may be. But it's something that I encourage people to do, which is, you know, reach out and add admins to the group, you know, just to keep things alive because, um, you know, you can get into a group and request and sometimes you wait for a little bit and it kind of works against, you know, that momentum. And um, 
I, for one, am really grateful for this place. Um, you know, I, I think that a lot of people from the site are people that have become kind of disenfranchised or felt like they didn't belong in all these other well-established, you know, communities, you know, you name it, you know, the Facebook groups, uh, the empty nexus, all these other places, even like the Shroomery, um, you know, like all these other, you know, related type websites. Um, a lot of us come from that place or a lot of us come from, you know, people who never really were into, you know, the conventional uh, social networking, you know, this was a place for them to come and be a part of a place of, you know, with like-minded people. So man, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing that has come out of it for real. It's, it's um, I think you KB, Sophie, you guys should all, and I'm sure you guys do, but yeah, you know, we're all very grateful and I'm sure that everybody else um, could agree with that. Yeah. I just, I mean, I, I never really considered the site mine. Um, you know, I, I really just wanted to make a community for people to express themselves in any way possible. So, you know, I'd give them the tools that they can, you know, it's a tool, it's a, mm-hmm. it's just a framework, you know, and it's empty without people contributing data into it, you know, and that data is them communicating to each other and building, um, you know, data is kind of worthless unless people have an emotional attachment to it. So, um, you know, the, that's really what is profound in it is that people are building the emotional and relationship, uh, relationship inside of the community itself. Um, you know, it's, it's not just information, it's actually a community. And that's where, you know, social networking that actually allows people to communicate quickly, you know, is really popular because people can actually chat, you know, kind of talk to each other through that and comment on things and, and it feels alive, you know, through that. And I never really felt, you know, that this was mine. I I felt actually it was really out of my control. You know, a lot of people um, say that when they like write books or whatever, it came out from something else and they wrote it, you know, and um, like they're a muse of some kind. And oddly enough, you know, like I didn't really do much. I don't feel like I did anything. I just kind of put it out there and then people kind of filled that space up, you know, and, and it felt like it was the perfect time, the right time um, to do something. Cause I tried it before it didn't work. You know, it, it was the wrong time and the right time was right when it happened because it's still alive today, you know, and it's impacting countless people. And, you know, and, and oftentimes in my life, you know, I think about, um, you know, the impact of making on other people's lives and things like that. And I always, I'm always like, Oh, I'm not doing a big enough thing, you know? <laughs> and, and I keep forgetting that, you know, DMT world is like there in front of, yeah. front of me, you know, it's actually maybe the most impactful thing I'd ever do in my entire life is just put it, make it so it could happen, you know? And Man, I, really, I, yeah, sorry. Good. No, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. I truly don't think that I, I did much, you know, I kind of, I clicked buttons, you know, and, and connected <laughs> some people together and, and they kind of made it happy, you know, and, and I'm kind of just watching it take place and it's, it's really cool, you know? Yeah. Well, oftentimes, man, that's all, that's all it takes, you know, is, is that opportunity and, you know, with the right, right amount or right people, um, you know, thing, things can, can, can get done. Um, I, uh, you know, it's inspired me. You know, I took that template and 
applied it to, you know, local, my local community, you know, and, you know, I, me along with another person from the site last year, you know, we opened up our own local um, group here along around the same time that a, like, <clears throat> you know, the app meetup, I know you posted yeah, that. Yeah. So I remember you posted that online somewhere and I had some issues at first trying to get on, but then finally when I got on, I found that, you know, in my hometown where I live at, you know, they had a psychedelic um, group or association through like the main, I don't know what you would want to call yeah. it. And they had, they had opened up around the same time. You know, I didn't even know this. Oh, you wow. know? And so I started getting, involved with them and, you know, talking to the, the hosts of the groups there. And I mean, I just actually interviewed um, one of the co-hosts or co-organizers of the, the uh, psychedelic group here too. And, um, you know, we have our own group. And, and to me, that was probably one of the best moves, you know, that I've made uh, all last year was, um, you know, creating that community locally around, you know, each other. Um, I think that right there in itself is like, oh man, it can't get better than that. You know, <laughs> it really can't. It's manifesting that, you know, that that's online here in real life. It's, yeah, it's truly powerful. It really is. Yeah. Yeah. Being, you know, having one-to-one human connection is probably the greatest thing I've ever experienced, you know, too. Um, you know, online does pretty good thing, but really bringing it out in the community and connecting to people that are like-minded and have, you know, similar, um, but also different mm-hmm. ideas about, um, what's going on around them, you know, and, um, that's huge. Um, I'm always a fan, you know, from young age, I've been a fan of fight club. So whenever you <laughs> talk about your meetup, I'm always oh, like, yeah. <laughs> like a TNT world fight club, you know, <laughs> yeah. but you know, instead of beating each other up, you're actually like sharing love a little bit. So that's exactly. cool, man. Yeah. I like it. And that's the thing too, is like um, a lot, like me, when I first got into the whole psych, this whole path was, you know, it got to a point where I didn't know anybody that I can share these stories with, anybody that I could share this knowledge with, anybody that I can ask, you know, in person. And once we created this group, I mean, man, within like three months, I was like, dude, we're like best friends, bro. (laughs) (laughs) It was so easy to become really good friends with these um, people here. And and they all have the same sentiment, you know, where, you know, you, you get to a point where it gets a little lonely and this is something that you've come across and, and um, you know, you just want to share, you know, your experience and, and so forth. So it does bring people close really quick too. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing like, uh, you know, sharing an experience with somebody or sharing, uh, you know, some connection with somebody Mm -hmm. else that had these profound life changing experiences, you know, um, that you can have through psychedelics and other means. And, you know, where other people don't really understand that experience, um, and what it really means. It's not just, uh, you know, people think about the visuals They're like, Oh, psychedelic visual, you know, Mm -hmm. they forget that this is visuals, uh, psychological, spiritual, you know, imaginative, uh, emotional, you know, all the way down. And, um, you can't just describe that in in an image in a movie, you know? And so, you know, you might be able to relate to the image in the movie, but you're like, you know, when you have it and you don't have a community to support you, you kind of feel lost in that. It feels unique and special to you, but you want to share it with other people. You want to connect with people that have had that. So 
you know, being able to talk to and reach out to people that have like experiences to yours, you know, that that's huge. It doesn't even mean that, you know, it, it's kind of like why people go to church, you know, they have these yeah. uh, spiritual experiences and they're looking for something, some people to connect to, you know, and maybe some of them don't even realize what they're, they're searching for, but they, they, they touch a community that is similar like them. They had similar experiences so they can actually commune, you know, that's what commune is sharing, mm-hmm. sharing that. So, yeah, it's, uh, it's great that you did that, man. I'm always impressed by your ability to connect to other people. I, I, I'm kind of reserved, reserved when it comes to connecting other people and those <laughs> type of topics because I was military for a long time. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, it kind of comes with the, a lot of my friends and stuff still don't actually know um, my history and even <laughs> remotely close to DMT world. You know, like if I mentioned that, they'd be like, "What is DMT and what is what are you doing?" You know, like, right. I thought I knew you. Yeah, I, I have a good friend that uh, we were playing a game together, and in the game, the the game uh, has you take um, ayahuasca. Oddly enough. And it's a pretty popular game on Steam, and um, and he was like commenting on ayahuasca, and and I was like, well, how do you know about that? And he's like, oh, you know, he's kind of talking some trash about people taking psychedelics and stuff. And I was like, oh, that's interesting, dude. You know, and he's a really good friend of mine too. You know, so oh, it's kind of like, geez. okay, you know, but I respect his, you know, his choices in life. Yeah. And, it's okay to sometimes hold my tongue, you know, and, <laughs> and love the person for who they are, not, you know, what they think about some things. Yeah. That, that's a good quality to have, man. Uh, um, a sense of community is integral for me, in my opinion, to the betterment of myself. You know, I can only go so far alone, you know, um, and I could go further with more people. And I think that's what the sense of community brings for me. And I think, you know, with you, with the DMT world being created and then, you know, taking that, that template, applying it in real life, you know, I did that all just because of, you know, that's the journey for me is, you know, to be a better person a better version of myself so i know me and i'm sure a lot of other people are really thankful for for that decision you made whether you know you we're all appreciative man very much very much thanks man yeah i mean you know psychedelics are close to my heart too i have a love-hate relationship with them so yeah that's what i was gonna ask you next uh are you willing to (laughs) share with us uh a little bit sure, of your- yeah. I'm, I'm always love to tell my stories, man. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I, I got interested in psychedelics because I was interested in, in sleep, uh, oddly enough. And, um, so I was in doing my undergrad and I was studying, um, psychology and I really had this passion for sleep because I've had some really interesting dream experiences that, um, you know, other people have, but not as many as, uh, it's not very common. So I was kind of searching for my own answers at the time, um, outside the realm of psychedelics and psychedelics kind of pulled me in because I thought maybe it would be an answer in a way. So I'd read Dr. Strassman's book, uh, DMT is spirit molecule. And, um, I have a good friend that he's read similar things that I have were, constantly talking about dream experiences and altered states and stuff like that 
before and I had never taken a psychedelic, but he knew um, how to make ayahuasca. And so, um, yeah, so oddly enough, it wasn't my first psychedelic I ever taken. I actually um, tried um, uh, salvia and, but I, I tried it in a tincture format, which is a lot safer because I had read a lot of horror stories prior to uh, deciding that that was something I would like to try. And yeah. so I took the tincture and it was a lot like a dream. It was dreamlike. And I was like, oh, okay. So then we moved on to the next one, which was ayahuasca. So, um, so we made the brew ourselves and, um, and it was a, it was a good experience. Um, you know, I had a reflection of my life experiences pretty quickly. Um, and these people, you know, kind of dreamlike started appearing in, um, my vision, you know, that I was having and they were communicating to me. They were talking about my life and like, um, my body and what it was doing and all these things. And I was like, Whoa, this is, this is very different than I expected. You know, I expected something like a dream and, um, so that kind of opened me up, you know, in a, in a positive way. I was like, wow, this is, this is really cool. So, um, he left, you know, we, we were, uh, he traveled to visit me at the time. So he left and, and I thought, well, I got a lot of healing from that. So I'll, I'll try it again, you know? And so I made the brew myself and took it by myself, which, um, do not recommend. And, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I had probably the still today, probably the most, um, challenging, you know, I could use the word horrific, uh, psychedelic experience of my entire life. And, you know, and for those that probably, you know, that most people probably know that are in DMT world, how long ayahuasca lasts and intensity of it and stuff. It, it can last for about six hours sometimes, and it can vary greatly in intensity based on like how long you actually can hold it in without purging and metabolism and all these things. So, and like the quality of the content of the materials and all this. So it's kind of hit or miss and whatever, you know, came together, it was definitely a hit. And, <laughs> um, <laughs> And, um, so I had like a, you know, one hour experience and I was like, and it was pleasant. You know, I saw like, I talked to this guy, um, at least, you know, he seemed like a person, but he was in the vision, he was an alien. Um, and he was talking about reality and like, um, how humans react with reality and why I'm certain ways and stuff like that. And I was like, okay. And then it kind of leveled out, you know, like nothing was going on. And so I went and talked to a roommate that I had at the time and I was like, yeah, you know, I had this amazing experience and everything was good and, you know, all this positivity and everything. And, and, uh, and suddenly I'm looking at the wall, you know, after talking to her for a good 30 minutes and the wall just started falling apart. And I was like, oh, I gotta, I gotta go. <laughs> so I went back to my room and it was just like, was horrific it it just everything started melting away you know like um all the signs of ego death that people have i yeah. didn't i've never experienced that before so i felt like i was dying you know of course mm -hmm. and like i remember pulling the blankets i closed my eyes and i could see through my eyelids and oh, i was like geez. what the fuck <laughs> man 
then I pulled a blanket over my head and I, and I could still see through the blanket and I was like, what is going on? You know, like I had no idea. I mean, I had read Strassman's book, you know, and some people's experiences online, but I didn't know like what it was really like. And so then I was like, I got to get this out of my system, you know? So I went to throw up. I was like trying to force myself to throw up and nothing was coming up. And as soon as I did that, I heard this voice come over my, like straight over me, like a beam of light. And it spoke to me as clear as day. And it said, what are you doing? And I was like, I I don't know. I don't know. And it said, don't you ever challenge me again. You are nothing but a fly to me and I could destroy you. And I was like, I, I, I won't, you know, I'll, whatever you want. I'll, I'll do whatever you want. I just want this over with, you know? And then it was gone. It like, just like that. And I was like, what the fuck was that? And so then I, um, called up my ex-girlfriend actually on the phone. Cause I was just losing my mind and laid in bed and she just talked and talked and talked. And that's all I needed. You know, this is somebody to just listen to. Yep. And she didn't know I was like having a problem or anything, you know, like I was just like, (laughs) help me, you know, just start talking, you know, and it it saved me, man. It saved my insanity because, you know, I was close to calling the the police or whatever to help them go to the hospital, whatever, you know, or help me. But that's, um, yeah, it was intense, man. That's a big, uh, that's a big, um, tip. And harm reduction is, uh, I mean, not only like doing your research or anything like that, but if you're ever trying something for the first time, um, having somebody there to ground you or, you know, yeah. a trip sitter, you know, or if, yeah. if you can afford it to like um, guides or even some of these retreats, I know a lot of people get, um, you know, extra benefits from that because, you know, there's a lot. To, to, that goes into you know the satin setting and the environment that you're into and uh, i think that um it opens up you know doors for, for different types of benefits too but uh yeah it's um going in alone especially for your first time man wow that's uh <laughs> yeah it was incredibly irresponsible of me you know, there's a few things i did wrong which is you know disrespect um the medicine for what it was yeah. and then, um to you know not having somebody there to help me out, you know, and, and things went south pretty quickly because you think it's real, you know, I mean, it's as real as it is real because it's everything that you are and you're experiencing it. And it's, it can go really bad really quickly if you, if you're not experienced in it. So, you know, um, quite a bit of time went by before I tried it again. And, um, and I, I mean, I'm summarizing a lot of stuff. I mean, that's six yeah. hours at least in that experience. Plus like, you know, months later, still kind of having the afterglow of these things. And, and also, you know, one thing that I started realizing is before I had this, um, most of my life, I had this horrible depression, you know, um, I grew up in complicated situations, you know, a lot of people are, and, um, and I reflected on it often enough and, but something, you know, in it just really got me and I, I just couldn't get over it, you know, and it, it wasn't something that I really understood. And a lot of my dreams kind of were talking about it and stuff. And, but I wasn't really paying attention, I don't think. And through whatever happened, you know, like I still today, you know, I think about it often enough and like what really happened, you know, like scientifically or chemically or 
psychologically or spiritually what happened, you know, but Mm -hmm. all these, you know, it's, you can't really just pick it apart and say this one thing is what did it, you know, but it's everything and this process and my depression went away. Um, You know, I still today kind of get down sometimes, you know, like everybody has the, the waves ups and downs that they encounter through life. But the overall, like just total depression of like suicidal level um, that nobody really wants to talk about, you know, um, just went away. It was gone. And I never have felt that since. Um, But I, I definitely was interested in psychedelics because of that afterwards and i was also interested in um re-encountering the experience because it was so traumatic to me that i kind of had a little bit of ptsd from Mm -hmm. the previous time and you know i wanted to kind of encounter that and figure out what the hell that was so you know a while went by maybe a year maybe more and did it again and did it again and did it again and through like this continual process of um, pretty much tormenting myself with ayahuasca, you know, and living through like nightmarish level hallucinations <laughs> yeah, and really kind of facing those inner demons, you could say they were very visual for me, you know, like very impactful. And, um, one, one thing I used was a panda. Um, I had a dream. That's my name, panda dream, um, where a panda was in my room and for whatever reason, I picked up as the panda as being a sign of a protector in a way. Mm-hmm. And so, in the um, when I take ayahuasca, I would I would have the panda there ready to go just in case it became too powerful for me. And the panda would come out and scare away whatever it was that was um, overwhelming me. It would break out of like the hidden door in my mind and break out into the room, and then and things would go back to normal. It would calm it down. And I would do that over and over and over again, but continually trying to face as much as I possibly could until it became overwhelming. And then the panda would come out, protect me again and do it over and over again. So I think throughout that, you know, those, those years of doing ayahuasca, um, it really kind of cleaned out, you know, I always say, um, ayahuasca is like a rotor rooter to the mind, you know, it yeah. cleans out the, the garbage a little bit, makes things flow a little better. And eventually you can start seeing, you know, like the underlying causes to your problems and, um, make bigger changes in your life. Um, eventually I got into mushrooms, stuff like that. It was cause they're not as um, hard for me. Like they're, they're definitely not as like aggressive and, um, they're easier to manage, I think. And you can still have those profound experiences if you, if you want and learn from them, but they're a different beast entirely, I think. Um, and, um, and then now I, I really am pretty much sober. I don't take anything at all. I don't, I don't feel like I need to, um, I feel like I've kind of learned, learned what I need to learn to, make um changes without needing additional medicine but you know uh, maybe someday in the future i'll dive back in to get to um to experience that again you know when it when it calls for me so you know i i think that for for in terms of you know using this you using these uh, substances to a point to where you know you can 
safely, you know, change yourself on your own. I, I think for me, that's a big goal of mine. And I know that that can be attained. You know, I know that it's a possibility. Um, one thing I wanted to go back to was the, the panda. Um, what, is, what is that called? Like when you, um, when you use something like that in order for you to, to, to kind of, um, or, or what do you call it? Um, well, I mean, I, I don't know what the technical name for it, but it's definitely a guide, you know, like a yeah, yeah, yeah. spirit, you know, that it protects you. Um, you know, a lot of, a lot of people don't like using spiritual terms, stuff like that, yeah. but, but you can call it a guide, you know? Um, yeah, it, it's definitely something you use to kind of bring you back, you know, cause, cause shit gets out of hand sometimes, you know, there's times when you have um, experiences that, you know, you kind of lose, you know, even the intent, you know, yeah. and, you know, I was, I was talking to um, transpersonal spirit uh, a few days ago and, you know, he was telling, he was talking about these experiences and how um, even these bad trips, so to speak, or challenging trips, um, it's, it's almost like you have to let them play out, you know, because then you are left with that, you know, opened door open door and it does become you know it gives you that you know ptsd type feeling you know um and i think he made a good point when it came to that because you know i've had instances where i get to there and then i completely forget about it and then i die so to speak and then you know the next day i'm like fuck i went in there for this and then i ended up you know and i find myself going back in to kind of you know get some kind of closure for that i think um using something like how you use the panda i think that there's definitely some kind of um there is something there uh, that you can use as a tool you know yeah. to kind of help you along these experiences well these things are you know really complicated you know like uh, yeah in my mind i think of a panda you know and 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 all the things associated with the panda you know it's a it's a big ass animal, you know, it can be aggressive, but it's yeah. also really docile and funny and, and it just lays around and eats all the time. Um, <laughs> but you know, if it's, if it's child, you know, it's young, it's challenged, it's gonna, it's gonna suddenly turn into rage mode and take out whatever is trying to stop it. You know, it, so it's a, it's a funny animal in that sense. It's got compassion, but also aggression at the same time. So it kind of reminds me a lot about myself and, uh, my wife now, she calls me like Oreo, um, oddly enough, you know, which is like mixed with the black and the white together and stuff like that. Yeah. And it's also one of my favorite cookies in Oreo. Uh, oh, yeah. so, um, but, you know, all these associations to what a panda is. And then, you know, like the the image that appeared to me in a dream was a panda, you know, very clear and um, docile eating bamboo in my room. You know, that's that's interesting. And yeah, I've always really related to that, that image in my mind and, you know, like trying to understand what it means and all this stuff. And really it's, you have to kind of treat these things as like real live entities. They're not like, you know, specifically tools, you know, you would never say like a person is a tool unless you're like completely narcissistic and, yeah. you know, treat people like shit. You go, that's a human being and they're my friend or whatever. And they may help me out every once in a while, but they have their own life and then autonomy and everything. And, you know, and when you treat life in the same sense, it's like, it becomes more of this art work, you know, like we're like, 
we love to have things organized and worked out, you know, like, Oh, a Panda tool or, you know, whatever, you know, um, the DMT, um, ayahuasca spirit woman, you know, mm-hmm. the mother woman, that's, that's who she is and all this stuff, you know, like, okay, we like to put these things in the boxes so we can kind of communicate to, about them and, and kind of figure them out, you know, but really it's more of like an art where you kind of just have to go with the seat of your pants a little bit and kind of like, and just work with it, you know, treat yeah. it as if it's alive because it is. And, and your, your, your life's alive, you know, your body's alive and it's constantly changing. So you have to kind of just work with it and, and treat it as an artwork versus like, a uh, this finite thing that has to be put in a box. And so I think, you know, that's where psychedelics kind of really have their, their growth is if you, if you can see all these experiences and you go, wow, like this, this is really alive, you know, like this is, this is crazier than I ever thought was possible because mm-hmm. we're told, you know, things are boxes, you know, yeah. and, and really things are not boxes. They're, they're very organic. And if we can see that, then we start realizing that no one really has this all figured out and it's okay to kind of be messed up because everyone's messed up. You know, it's artwork. Artwork is messy and it's also has structure to it at the same time. So you kind of have to hold those two worlds together and, and kind of just go with it, you know, go with that, that flow versus being rigid, you know, it's like the, um, was it pokey and gooey the alan watts talk whatever and there's two kinds of people there's the the gooey people and then there's the prickly prickly and um gooey (laughs) and you know the prickly people are a certain way and the gooey people are a certain way and kind of both have it wrong a little bit you got to be both prickly and at the same time yeah, that's what I was going to say is also different interpretations uh, of the of the experiences and, and the substances themselves. Yeah, it's hilarious. Like if people get in fights over like psychedelic experiences, you're like, what are you guys doing? You know, like, yeah. like no, it's like this, man. You're like, yeah. all right. You're like, I'm, well, I'm glad you're so sad in it, but why? <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that there's still some good conversation, especially if people can stay, you know, within conversation and instead of arguments um there's good conversations to be had with that you know even just like for example like this um and dr gallimore's um project with i think him and strassman are going back to try to do the uh, extended uh dmt sessions okay with the intention of mapping the dmt room uh, I may be wrong. I'm probably wrong, but I know that that's one of the um, the the goals. And I, I keep thinking about this. And I'm like, how in the fuck do you map the DMT world like, <laughs> for real? Like, uh, yeah, there's a lot of similarities. There's a lot of similarities yeah. in the entities that we we see that, that you know, um, and in some of the places that you visit. But I don't know. I feel like everybody's uh, interpretation is, is is slightly different, you know, and, and it's going to be something that's going to be pretty difficult. But I'm not saying it can't happen. I'm not saying that it's even possible or not possible, but it's definitely interesting, just like any other conversation that would come out of, you know, any of these, uh, you know, different points of, of, of view or perspectives. Yeah. Well, I mean, the way that we can communicate is because we have similarities. Um, otherwise, we'd be, be talking uh, nonsense to each other and no one would understand. So there's structuring even 
in language, you know, there's structure mm-hmm. in the world, there's structure in mm-hmm. everything. So there has to be structure in um, a psychedelic experience too. And that's how we can relate to the experience itself because our brains are similar. Um, and not even that, you know, the entire cosmology is similar. It has a pattern in it. So um, I think, you know, they're, what they're saying is like um, what I believe about, pretty much everything is there's a wallpaper over everything and you can change the wallpaper, which is like all the personal subjective experience and everything. But underneath everything is the structure of the house, you know, it's a home and it's a structure and you can map that out. You could, I see. And people have, uh, you know, mapped it out uh, previously and in ancient spiritual practices like um, Hinduism and Buddhism and stuff like that. There's like Indra's net, you know, it's like a, it's a structure that they describe and there's a reason that they describe it the way they do. And everybody describes it the way they do is because it's that way, you know, at least we perceive it at least as close as possible to our perception of what it is, is it turns out to appear that way, but it's, you know, undefinable in its true essence, just like every single thing. So like even artwork, you know, like I, I referred to artwork is like, artwork has structure to it otherwise no one would be be able to relate to it like modern art you know it looks like a bunch of messed up lines because that's what it is you know it it doesn't have structure to it it has color maybe you know which is structure but for the most part it's modern because it doesn't have any structure to it It likes to be messy and put you off uh in a weird way so uh, dmt experiences you know um mushrooms any psychedelic experience has structure to it. You can read yeah. enough people's comments in their uh, trip reports and you can, you can start seeing patterns, you know, yeah. dream experiences have structure to them as well. There's commonalities, cross-cultural commonalities and all these experiences that show you that there is actually underlying structure to it, a metaphysical structure. And people don't like that. You know, people don't like, um, researchers don't really like that. Um, because it makes it real and in some way and they and they like to think that it's unreal you know it's completely imaginative and you know if you get into imagination what imagination if does you really look into imagination and and you think about that topic um, ask yourself where does imagination come from you know where does anything come from and nothing comes from nothing it all has structure behind it so even the human imagination, which most people attribute to nonsense, contains a structure element to it, you know? So, yeah, that makes sense. The, the way you explain it, that, that makes total sense. You know, here in my mind, I'm thinking about, you know, they're going to fucking come back with a map of different planets and different, <laughs> <laughs> different creatures on these planets. But no, that makes so much sense when you put it in, in terms of structure. Yeah, it does. And man, that's... I think that's a really cool endeavor, man. I think they're going to come up with some pretty interesting stuff. And um, I, I, I see what you mean about how people don't, you know, once you put a structure to it, how it becomes real to us here, you know, in, in this time and space and uh, how that would make people uncomfortable for sure. I mean, it's almost like, um, yeah, like like some of the religions and stuff like that, you know, um, I'd, hate to, I'd hate to put it on the same um stage but you know you're right when it comes to the structure aspect of it yeah i mean a a good topic is religion um 
So I, you know, my, my short background is I came from a very uh, predominantly Christian family and was raised to be non-denominational Christian. And I kind of moved away from that after a psychedelic experience because I was like, whoa, this is not, this is not what I was being told, you know. And not in the Bible. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I moved away from that. You know, I went more to like shamanism, things like that. And, um, you know, it, and through this process, I started realizing, you know, like um, these, these systems are a lot more complex than I, than I ever really thought, you know, like um, even religion, um, you have the religious dogma that you get, you know, from church, but under, under all that dogma is a, a very interesting story being told. And it's, and a lot of people, you know, they, they attribute religious do- or religious story into metaphor or they're like, Oh, it's just symbolic. You know, you're like, it's a metaphor. It's symbolic. Yeah. And you're like, okay, it's, it's fake, you know, but what is a metaphor? What is a symbol, you know? And you really need to like dive down into those things um, to really understand what the essence of a metaphor is and the essence of a symbol is and actually what it does. And it really starts coming close to what I'm talking about as the panda uh, bear in my, in my dreams and my psychedelic experiences. It becomes the panda is metaphorical, you know, it's a symbol but it's alive inside me and it's alive outside me and it's actually real. You know, it's as real as anything. What we call real is the physical plane that we live in, you know, like Mm -hmm. material. And if we all agree that these psychedelic experiences are also real, then the material realness that we define things as, and you know, this new Western idea of, real is uh, real reality it it starts breaking down very quickly you know it falls apart into that reality is much different than just what we can physically see and touch with our and uh, interact with with our senses you know it becomes something completely different than that and religion also goes into that spiritualism uh, you know ancient religious practices and Christianity itself comes from a very ancient religious practice way before Catholicism got its nasty little hands on it, you know? So what I'm saying is don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. There's something in everything. There's a reason to everything and there's structure to everything. And it all goes back to a a very specific pattern that you can, if you really take the time to explore those things without having um you know overly done bias towards those things because religion hurts a lot of people you know it hurt me big time Mm -hmm. but if you if you really take the perspective of you want to learn what is really being said there's something in it there's something in all of them and it's and they're a lot more common to each other than they'd like to think they are so nowadays i would um oddly call myself a a strange, weird Christian. And, um, and there's a very specific reason for that, but, um, I don't go around telling people that they have to believe in a certain way. And, and even saying you're a Christian is loaded with tons of like words of what it means to 
accept Christ or anything like that, or Jesus, you know, like I don't, I don't accept Jesus as my savior, but I still consider myself a Christian. So put that in perspective, you know, like (laughs) that to modern people, what they think Christianity is would be like, Whoa, what the hell? Like that doesn't even make sense. That's like, um, you know, totally against Christianity. Well, you need to, you know, if you think that you need to go learn some things before you start judging people. So I don't judge other, I try my best not to judge people. I I do judge people every day, every second, but um, in judging them, I'm really judging myself. So I need to figure that one out. So um, yeah. So the only spill that I'm going to put into this uh, about myself is I have a website. It's uh, hiddengateways.com. It goes to my other website, but it's a specific page for people to read through things that I've read through in my life and explore topics that I've explored to kind of get them and and a range of ideas and and I put specific things in there um, even things I disagree with so I, I I encourage people to read things that I act, I absolutely disagree with and I don't tell them I disagree with them um, and the reason for that is I want these want people to make up their own minds and come to their own conclusions through this stuff but I really think that those pieces in there are important impactful things in my life at least and can help other people kind of grow in a direction that I would hope that they grow in, but I leave it up to them to figure that out. That's a really cool thing there. Um, I, you know, I, <clears throat> I had made a post uh, yesterday or something about, and it, it goes along the same lines of, you know, throwing out the baby in the bathwater and being hurt by things like religion or, you know, spiritual gurus or whatever you want to call it. And oftentimes, for me, I find myself creating, you know, tools to or <clears throat> creating some kind of a self-defense and, you know, to, to help me, I guess, keep myself safe from being led down the wrong path. Yeah. Um, but what I do to kind of counter balance that is to keep an open mind as well. Like, um, you know, with you putting those things that you disagree with, like there's things that I disagree with, but I also don't know much about it. Like I know that there's people that know way more to it than me. And just because I may disagree with something that I, you know, think that I know or what I know of it, it doesn't mean that that person that I'm going to disagree with that person, you know? So I, I like to keep the possibility of me being wrong in my decision or my perception of something um, because I I can always learn something else from somebody who does know more about that certain subject. Um, I think for me, that's important, you know, to keep that, to keep the open mind and and know that, you know, I can always learn something because there's, I can't say that there's anything in this existence that I am, that I know 100%, you know, every detail. (laughs) I mean, just that with that fact alone right there, that tells me that I, I can always be wrong about something, you know? So, yeah, got to keep that's a really good point. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, one thing that um, we should know the most about is ourselves. Yes. And it's one of the things that we seem to know some of the least about. <laughs> so if you don't know yourself, then you don't know anything else. Well, so. It, 
it's hard to, I find that it's hard to know myself just because I'm constantly changing. I'm constantly right. learning new things. I'm, I'm going back on some other stuff and revisiting some ideas or beliefs that I had. And it's, 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 it's the, what I do know about myself is that, is that I'm constantly changing, you know, yeah. everything well, else. You hit, is like, you hit the nail on the head. So, I mean, think about what I kind of said about symbols and metaphors is like these alive things, you know, like they're not, they're not stable. They're actually connecting to something that is undefinable. So um, words themselves, written words are composed of symbols, you know? So even when you write down a word or anything like that, you're actually writing a, you're spelling, right? You're writing a spell and it becomes a a live object. It connects to something that is completely untangible. It's completely unknowable. So you, um, when you're doing that, you're actually connecting things, right? That, that are beyond you and that's like a basic thing you know like writing um something and everything words themselves everything everything that you see is a symbol it's a an image of something that you Mm -hmm. um have grown up with your culture has made all these things and you keep compounding that and you're compounding it and you realize that actually everything is constantly changing because it's and it's unknowable it's completely unknowable (laughs) to the point that you can't even like define what it is you can define what it is to your relative idea what it is and other people agree that that what that is to some extent mm-hmm. but it's in its total sense it's completely unknowable so a lot of the you know a lot that's really ungrounding to a lot of people yeah it is but the the one thing that um, you know I come back to that kind of holds me together is um, I try to keep a few things in mind and and that's some basic truths to me and um, and one you know like a lot of people won't like this but my basic truth is God so that's my foundation and then family friends and things like that so I kind of span out to there and as long as I'm not affecting like hurting my family or friends and I'm trying to improve their life as best as possible and my life as best as possible then everything else is kind of a go you know like I'm, I'm good with everything else so I kind of think about those things before I try to make a decision of how ungrounding I'm going to go and what direction I'm going to go and you know like psychedelics is an interesting thing because a lot of people have been hurt by psychedelics and a lot of people have been helped by psychedelics and Mm -hmm. and especially today we don't really talk about the damaging effects of psychedelics because obviously you know we're in a community where people like to use psychedelics and then the the world today at least in america is kind of promoting psychedelics because they're running out of alternative ways to actually help mental um or mental disorders and things like that. They're calling them mental disorders, but you know, um, and so people ask me, you know, and I'm sure they ask many people in the community and you know, like, would you recommend psychedelics? And a lot of times, you know, we go to these knee jerk reactions like yes or mm-hmm. no, you know, and I've debated on that one a lot because I've had friends that have, you know, that I really do care about and love, um, get hurt by psychedelics, you know, and it makes me, my initial response was like, absolutely. And I encourage those people to actually use psychedelics when they used them. And, and I never really considered like the long-term effects of those things on those people, because I only know from my experience, you know, like I was able to 
to use them and I, I seem to have come out okay so far, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and so I'm like, yeah, you know, it's cured my depression. Look at all the good shit that I did, you know? But, um, but that's a really complicated thing, you know? It's like, no, if, if I, I would have to retrace every experience in my entire life up to the point that I use psychedelics and then afterwards and say, this is what was before and this is what after. And these are all the things that happened in order to make me ready for that moment to take psychedelics, whatever, and get to the point that I am today. It's really complicated. And what it comes down to is that, again, people are alive, you know, and it's not just like an event that happened. It's all the events that led up to it and all the events that led after that and the experience itself that makes the, the medicine work, right? Or make the person change in a way that we judge them as being in a negative space or a positive space, right. you know, like all these things are, um, I don't look at life as a, an event that happens. I think of it as a process that's constantly taking place and it's changing and it's alive. And Absolutely. so it's, for me, it's really hard to say like, um, is religion bad? You know, like, um, I get the, I get into debates all the time about not debates, but, um, conversations more about religion being bad, um, to some of my friends and I don't judge them for saying that, you know, I, I, I go, well, why do you think that? And cause I had the same thoughts, you know, and we go through the, the process of why they think that. And then a lot of it comes down to preconceived biases of what they think religion means and yeah. the dogma that Western religions and other religions throughout the entire world, not just Western, you know, have inside of it that create these things, you know, and I like to pick apart part, like other things that are bad, you know, it's like, well, politics are bad, you know, why are politics bad, you know, and on and on and on, you start figuring out that like everything kind of contains some part of bad in it, you know, and everything yeah. contains part of good in it. And that's kind of our job as like humans to kind of like weed through the shit, you know, True. even psychedelics to, to have the personal relationship with that experience in order to grow from it. You know, like it's oh, not yeah. like a, I just reject or I consume, you know, it's like, it's a, you know, like, so if religion doesn't come into somebody's life, you know, like if they're, if they're not feeling the desire to learn about it or whatever, then it's not their duty to go do that. You know, like they're, they're not in the place to do that. If it's not, if they're not in the place to take psychedelics, you know, and they're, and they're not ready for it, then it's not their duty to go out and just do it. You know, it's, it's yeah something that like, Things like DMT world, you know, it wasn't me that made it. I really don't believe that, you know, or I really believe that it wasn't me that did it. It was, it was just what happened, you know, and my life and everything in it is kind of, it's beyond my choice. It's more of what's happening to me versus me egotistically saying, this is what's going to happen next. You know, absolutely. It's more like, I see something, it's happening to me, I'm learning and experiencing it from it, and then I make rational, disciplined choices in the future to hopefully better myself, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's kind yeah. of how I think about the whole subject. Well, the thing, you know, you said something earlier about, um, you know, somebody coming to you and asking you whether they should take psychedelics and then, you know, talking about, you know, the, the, you know, the, the, the negatives that, that psychedelics have, um, you know, what some people have experienced, you know, negative, um, 
reactions or whatever to psychedelics. And, you know, for me, um, I think what's more important is not whether somebody should, but it's whether, um, you know, whether we have the right to, um, you know, have that choice. You know, I think that's the the most important mm. part for me is, uh, you know, because at the end of the day, you know, I can't suggest anything for you. You know, I'm, I'm not a professional. I'm not a doctor. You know, I only know what I know from my experience. But overall, I think the the main, you know, idea is for people to have that right. You know, a lot of these things are organic. I mean, you know, root bark, you know, mushrooms, um, you know, things that were derived from plants. You know, there's so many different um, substances that come from, you know, nature. And it's almost yeah. like it just doesn't make sense, you know, but I think that's the the most important part that, that as a community, you know, that we should, um, we should push, you know, is just the right to, to have that, you know, choice or the, the right. Yeah, I agree. Um, I mean, I also think that there's a reason that Nixon said that Timothy Leary was the most dangerous man in America. Yeah. And the reason is because what he was promoting was very destructive to the American um, community and still destructive today. It's getting less destructive because we're all self-imploding. But um, <laughs> the, the idea, you know, like at the time of Nixon, you know, like uh, post-World War II, consumerism is like, the thing, you know, so being yep. a good worker, shutting mm. your mouth, not thinking outside the box, really, Buying you know, shit. yeah, having an emotional attachment to objects that you yep. think will actually provide you some happiness. And they do very short lived happiness, but they do provide it. Well, if you go to like why consumerism was actually built into American structures, because they were actually trying to limit excess energy to be expelled into aggressive type tendencies that would bring around war. So it was post World War II and they wanted to stop that from happening. They didn't want World War III to happen. So they they turned the attention and the American energy into buying things so that they would not have excess energy and start fighting amongst each other. And it was a means to control people. So like Timothy Leary's, you know, idea of like breaking down society from being thing focus to like individual focus, you know, get out of school and, and be free, you know, that's very liberating in some sense, but in the, these have huge implications, both of them do, you know, mm -hmm. they're very complex things. So, but at the time it, it is very dangerous, you know, because we built this huge structure on these ideas of consumerism. And so if you break those things down, which is happening today yep. because of the virus, people aren't buying things anymore. Well, mm -hmm. what's the, the outcome of that? Well, the economy fails. What's yep. the outcome of that? People starve and they start fighting. Mm -hmm. What's the outcome of that? And you keep, keep going and keep going. Eventually, you don't really know. You know, maybe maybe it's better. Maybe it's not. You know, it's kind of like the, the story of the, the guys. The, it's like a Buddhist story where the guy son goes to war and he's like we'll see you know we'll see and he keeps saying we'll see because um things change you know for the better for the worse constantly so you really don't know like how these things will play out so you could say uh, you know like oh you know um psychedelics need to be free you know to everybody everyone should have the choice to take them and i support that i think freedom is a huge thing you know everybody should have the the freedom to be the own master of their own home, you know, which is themselves. Yeah. 
and whatever means possible to do that in the best way they can. Well, there's a lot of things, you know, in place to not make that happen. And, and, and there's a lot of structure built on top of those things. So if you start breaking down those things, it's going to break down bigger things on top of it. You know, it's like you break the foundation of a house. Well, the house comes crumbling down pretty quickly. So you have to kind of be careful with those things and big changes quickly. You know, uh, I would say psychedelic legalization is a big thing. It is, yeah. And if you make that change quickly without slowly seeing what the outcomes of those things are, you may make some changes that you don't want to uh, see happen. And it, it brings up a story quickly, um, story of uh, Paul Stamets, and he was talking about um, up here in Washington, where I'm at, they removed the, the bears from a region because they are scratching up the trees and killing these trees. And the Forest Service is like, hey, you know, we're tired of these trees getting killed because they cut the trees with their claws and then the fungus we get in the trees kill the trees so the forest service like we'll get rid of the bears everything would be better so they did that well what they didn't realize is the honeybees in their region would go collect the the mushroom spores mm. um, from the mm-hmm. trees put it in their nest and it would protect them from mites and stuff like yeah. that yeah so, the immunity for for the bees themselves yeah yeah so then it caused a colony collapse in the honeybees and and Paul Stamets, you know, he kind of, he may blow it out of proportion, but he thinks it's actually the reason that we have colony collapse like around the world. So he's trying to fix that problem, um, you know, but it was a positive, intentional, good, mm-hmm. you know, it made sense why the Forest Service was going to do that. And they did it. And the huge ramifications of that is like starvation for the entire planet. You know, it's like, yeah. okay, you know, pollination and, just, and so forth. Yep. Yeah. That's just one little tiny thing, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you gotta, you know, it's hard to, to have every, all those checks and balances, but the important thing to realize is like, you make a change even in your personal life, you know, like even the smallest change that you can possibly make, hopefully for the better, just one little tiny thing can have huge ramifications in a positive True. direction or a negative, depending on like what it is, you know? So that's why it's like best to, you know, event. what it all comes down to for me is like, I'm, I'm tired of trying to know everything, you know, yeah. I'm trying to know everything outside of the sphere that is my human existence. And what I'm really trying to do is just focus on knowing myself as best I can so that I can make the best choices for me. And by doing so, hopefully positively, in fact, other people around me, that's what my motto is now. I think that's a great motto to have, to be honest with you. And in terms of, uh, in terms of the the psychedelics uh, being legalized, you know, I, I, and and the changes, you know, a cause and effect, right? I think that goes both ways in terms of when psychedelics and the scheduling of all these substances came about. Because I mean, fast forward, what fifty years later, here we are, and a larger portion of society has now come back around to, you know, accepting these substances. So I think in due time, for sure, in due time, you know, definitely um, it will be, you know, hopefully we'll have a little more of uh, acceptance, not only, I mean, more so even in just society in general. But um, I mean, if you if if you think about it in that way, I mean, 
the same could be said for a lot of other things that people have fought, you know, to have the right for, you know, even in our own country, you know, yeah. um, even just the right to vote, you know, even um, equality, even religion, you know, all these things, they can cause, you know, some kind of implication that will, you know, ultimately affect our economy because the economy is, is if once the economy starts taking a shit, that trickles down all the way down to yeah. no matter who you are, if you're working at Circle K or if you're a CEO of a Fortune 500 company, you know, it's going to affect you for sure. I do agree with the drastic change. Obviously, you know, that will, <laughs> that could get scary, right? But um, yeah, I think in due time, man, it's going to happen. You know, I think yeah. that it will happen regardless because... I mean, just there's, look at how it is now. I mean, more and a more lot of, Yeah, a lot of energy towards it, you know. Mm-hmm. And and one thing I've started, you know, I I start taking a, a broader picture of these things, you know, these patterns. You see patterns happen out in your life, and then you see patterns happen in other people's life, and you see patterns happen in culture and society, and the you know, in the country, and the world, and the planet, and the the you know, solar system. The, you know, on and on the galaxy and on and on and mm-hmm. on. You see all these patterns happening. The more you expand out, the more you realize that like these changes that we're, we consciously, we think we're conscious of that we're taking action in are much bigger than us, right? Like again, metaphor, symbol, and all these things are alive. They're constantly changing. Well, all those things that we can't even define, we can't even touch to are actually modifying how we interact with reality and how we decide the changes that we want to make. So like the, the drive towards psychedelics, I wouldn't even attribute it to like a movement, you know, like an individual, a person or a group doing anything. Those people are completely in, in one level, completely unaware of why they're doing the things they're doing. And you continually go out. We're all completely unaware on some level, why we're doing the things we're doing. And we make up stories of why we're doing the things that we're doing. And those stories are what we write about the news as being, you know, this reason or that reason. But in the grander scheme of things, it's it's like flowing water going down uh, a pond or the river, you know. It's it's just what is happening. Yeah. So, you know, psychedelics being legalized, you know, I, I like to watch it and see where it goes, but it's it's what's happening, you know. And it's yeah. it, in in all things it's out of our control in some way we think we are in control of it but really you know it it's the debate of free will you know yeah. and i tend to side on the side that we don't really have a lot of free will going on and so you know it is what it is man and yeah. we'll see what happens you know yeah definitely it 100 i i do agree i mean i don't know i mean maybe there is maybe maybe there's a little bit of both free will i don't know to be honest with you i haven't really that's that's for you to decide man yeah <laughs> and i haven't i haven't gotten to that point yet to be honest with you you know i'm still i don't have everything figured out either man but <laughs> um you know in, in the we we're talking about big changes and small changes you know uh-huh. it's like um you know dropping a bucket you know the butterfly effect you know it's something yeah what we think is super small becomes super big. You know, what we think is super big, maybe super small. We don't know. That's the thing. So you have to kind of, I mean, you know, like we mentioned artwork before, you know, life is, life is like artwork. You have to kind of 
it's just painting its picture, you know, and you're the muse, you're the the person painting the picture, but you're really coming through. It's like DMT world. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't, I don't know why it was made. You know, I, I, people ask me and I don't know why I did it really. It makes logical sense to me at the time, but I look at it. I'm like, I don't know. Like it just kind of <laughs> happened, you know? And, and who knows what the outcome of that thing is, you know, like yeah. who knows what this, this community turns into, I don't know, you know, like, but I'm, I'm along for the ride and I'm excited to see where it goes, you know, and it's sure as hell interesting. (laughs) I mean, there's also like the checks and balances along the way. There's always, you know, something happening on one end and then the correction on the other. And there's, you know, that balance, that's the most interesting part, even in our own, you know, country, you know, you see, I mean, even like council culture, all the shit with politicians, all this, you see, you know, society kind of swaying one way and then it gets too fucking intense and we're like, fuck this, let's go back the other way, you know, and then it's just kind of a cat and mouse game of balancing things. Yeah, I wish, uh, you know, we could see the beginning of time and how this all played out. <laughs> we would see one hell of a pattern playing out, you know, and I bet, man. we may be in a tail end of a pattern that oh, shit. <laughs> that's repeated so many times. It's yeah. like, it's annoying, you know, like yeah. we were talking about patterns in our own life. It's like these mm-hmm. ups and downs that you get. And when you, if you can, the more you live, you know, the longer you live, I think a lot of older people kind of become wise of their their life because they lived long enough that they can see these patterns yes. play out so many times. They're yes. just annoyed of them. They're like, okay, we got to yeah. stop this shit. Cause it's getting annoying. You know, you know, I see that a lot, even like, um, cause I'm, I'm a father myself and I, I see it in my kids where I'm like, I did the same fucking thing. And I'm like, motherfucker. Like I have to come up with a way to, you know, um, explain to my children, you know, instead of being like, don't do that. Or, you know, that's going to happen. And be, I told you so. No, more so of like a, Hey, uh, why don't you look at it this way? Like, I'm going to tell you this real quick story. This is what happened to me. And, you know, kind of see how that plays out. And it's always interesting. It's always, it's always fun to, to watch them grow, you know, and, um, seeing that pattern is, is what, you know, living through it and then seeing it in them and being like, Oh shit. You know, I, I almost feel like I have an obligation to, well, definitely have an obligation, but uh, it does make things interesting, man. Um, oh yeah. One thing I wanted to talk about is uh, I know earlier, I, me and you, we've, we've had conversations about dreams and um, I just wanted to see if you can give us a little background of where you come from or, or you know, your perspective on dreams themselves. And also the connection or the similarities between dreams and the psychedelic experiences. I know we've had conversations on that before, if uh, you'd be willing to kind of give us your perspective on that. Uh, Sure. Yeah. I mean, I've been studying dreams for most of my life. Um, You know, I've been a prolific dreamer since I was young. Um, I have lucid dreams when I was a kid and, you know, terrifying, horrific uh, nightmares. Um, as young child too, which kind of made me feel uh, a bit dis-ease with um, talking with my parents and other religious people in my life at the time, because, you know, a lot of those things were on par with like demic 
demon possession things mm-hmm. like that you know where i'm like holy shit like i don't want them I'm thinking like yeah yeah they won't <laughs> understand what the up. hell's going yeah. on you know <laughs> yeah yeah um my mom was pretty open with my dreams though she would listen to me but mm. you know i'd go on and on for hours about one dream and i could tell that she was a little bit glossy eyed a lot of times <laughs> yeah these things but you know and maybe she didn't believe me even with some of them they're just so bizarre and so vivid you know and i'm like aware inside my dreams interacting with these things and and that's just weird to a lot of people it's like well i think it's hard for them to relate especially when people don't remember a lot of their dreams and they're like at first like my wife she was real skeptical when we first met and i would tell her these dreams (laughs) but you know fast forward 10 years later she's like yeah i get it you have these crazy fucking dreams but she also she finds a lot of it entertaining too you know yeah yeah there's uh, some of the stories it's like wow i could write a book on this one you know exactly yeah and it'd be a good movie or something but um yeah the it all kind of came to a head while i was in the military and i started having um sleep paralysis experiences Mm -hmm. out of nowhere and um and that really changed my life because i encountered an entity kind of in that dream experience that was as real as like anything experienced in reality. So yeah, Michael Pollan, he said this really condescending um, comment about dreams that really pissed me off and I don't like him anyway. So um, <laughs> neither does like uh, Dennis McKenna and a bunch of other like uh-huh, predominant yeah, psychedelic yeah. people. They really don't like that guy. <laughs> yeah. They're not fans. Yeah. He's a dick. But anyways, that's my only (laughs) spill towards him. But he said, um, he said that dreams are, are incapable of, I'm not quoting word for word, but it's like dreams are incapable of having as profound effect on a human as psychedelics are. Mm -mm. And I was like, you are fucking out of your mind, dude. Well, like that goes back to him not being able to relate to, he probably does not remember. Exactly. He's just saying shit, you know, he's just like, Oh, I've never had any type of dream that actually was profound to me. So I'm going to say that this is how it is without like contacting people that have had profound dreams that have totally changed their life. You know, it's like, have you not read the Bible, you know, with people having dreams in yeah. there, you know, it's like, come on, the whole Bible is like essentially a dream, you know? So, and it's changed all society. So anyways, um, for me, um, I had, I didn't take psychedelics until later in life. And I took them because the dreams, I wanted to see the relationship between dreams and, um, and psychedelic experiences. Mm -hmm. See how real a psychedelic experience could get, you know, or if they felt similar, because not a lot of people, I don't think have, um, the same kind of dreams that I've had and other people that I know have specific types of people and also use psychedelics in conjunction to figure out like the, the measure, the differences and the senses and stuff like that. Um, I can say that from my experiences, my dreams are much more real, like beyond real Mm -hmm. um, than a psychedelic experience. Even though I'm incredibly visual with psychedelics experiences, they feel pretty damn real. They may even feel more real than reality. The psychedelic experience still my dream experiences are, um, more real than that. They are hyper uh, real. They are so real that I cannot determine the difference between reality and them. And, and I'm aware in them too. So I can consciously 
you know, I can, I could look at my hands and body or whatever and be like, wow, this is crazy. I'm actually yeah. dreaming right now or whatever. Um, so the, um, so that's kind of like where it got me into, but the sleep paralysis really, uh, hit it up a notch because it was a horrific, terrifying experience that on a level that I've never experienced in my entire life. And, um, the only way that you can actually kind of work through those experiences is kind of face the fear, which a lot of people do in psychedelic experiences too. And that's kind of how they're related in some ways is that they're fear facing kind of, um, you know, things that kind of put fear in front of you and allow you to work through it in a yeah. kind of a safe way. Um, but through overcoming that, I started having, uh, excuse me, out of body experiences where, I would go to sleep and pop out of my body and float around and do things. And, and that made things really strange, you know, like, um, having that experience, especially I'm a very analytical and very rash, try to be a very rational person and, um, having that kind of mindset where you're like, okay, reality is real. What is this, you know, kind of really ungrounding, and especially like being in a military situation where I can't tell people about these experiences because they'll think I'm insane, you know, and I'm not like trying to do this and all these things are happening. And, and at the time I didn't have a lot of resources either. So like, you know, there was no YouTube, there's like the internet sucked. Um, and there's few books that I could get. I was broke all the time. So I couldn't buy just countless books and read them all the time. You know, I was working and and, and just trying to figure that out. So, um, I spent a lot of time in, in grad or undergrad school to try to figure this whole thing out. And I contacted a guy named Ryan Hurd, who's runs dreamstudies.org. He's a really great guy. He's a mentor and a good friend of mine. And he really helped me kind of work through some of these experiences and try to learn about it in a more rational scientific way. Um, but also keeping an open mind about like the the spirituals, uh, spiritual side of things. And, um, you know, it'd be really too long, I think, to talk about it in this podcast. Cause I mean, I've spent my whole life on the subject, but I've had amazing dream experiences that have totally changed my life. And, and now more than ever, I focus primarily on like dream experiences and, um, and waking bettering my life mm -hmm. to try to like tie those things together, but it's a really complex subject, you know, like, yeah. but the, um, you know, I, I, I did write a book like, um, last year is being published by inner traditions this next year. So I'll, I'll put on my site and I'll release it. I'll give a link to the community. They can buy it. And if somebody can't afford it, whatever, they can send me an email and I'll get them a free copy, whatever. Mm. I'm just trying to get, you know, that, that's, in a, you know, a couple hundred pages summarizes like what I kind of think of dreams, you know, <laughs> like I, I changed a lot since then, you know, nothing stable. Yeah. So, but it gives you like a baseline of like, okay, you know, like this is with a lot of editing, you know, like it yeah. gets you an, an idea of what kind of is going on and what you can experience and how you can experience it and all these things that I've kind of ran through all the bullshit and try to get to like as clear as possible, like, how people can kind of do the similar things. But mm -hmm. I would say that, um, you know, dream experiences are m to me more profound in, 
in a different way than psychedelics mm-hmm. are. And like they're, um, you know, it's hard to say which one's better than the other. I can't say that because yeah. they both have changed me in such dramatic ways. And, and it goes back to the art thing, you know, it's, yep. it is what it is, but dreams yeah. are really powerful, man. It definitely. And I, you know, I share the same, you know, we have commonalities when it comes to the dreams too. The, the one thing that, that has always interested me and I always found it interesting, like um, even um, I was reading um, DMT in the, my occult mind by Dick Kahn. And I know in the beginning he goes through, his experience when he was a child and how he had these out of body experiences. And I, I, me personally, I've never experienced, I don't think I have an out of body experience where I'm like in my own home, you know, like floating around stuff like that. I have always been a big dreamer. I mean, I remember them. So, and just like you, very vivid. I mean, sometimes where it just really, I, I, I almost feel like, it's a real life, you know, like uh, sometimes I have even ended up in a, like a, I'm not like I'm another person. It's yeah. strange. <laughs> um, and then like I literally going to sleep here and waking up somewhere else kind of a deal. Yeah. And no, I, I agree they're, they're, um They, some of them have had some very, um, they have been very, they've changed me, you know, a lot. Um, yeah. Well, I don't want to give it all away, but, um, you know, the, there's a reason that like ancient societies thought as my, as dreams, as, as micro deaths, you know, like they consider it as like you dying and then you're coming back to life. So, well, it's kind of like that, right? I mean, like every night you fall, you, you lay down in bed or wherever you're at and then you shut down (laughs) and you wake up somewhere else. Like nobody talks about that. But I also think it's, you know, there's people that just cannot relate. And I've always been, I never even knew it was a thing until I got into psychedelics, um, lucid dreaming or out of body experience. So I myself, besides my own experience, um, you know, I, I, know very little about the subject um, but it is something that is very interesting to me as well and uh, I do since experiencing especially the molecule uh, the NNDMT um, my dreams have changed um, and for a short period of time I know I spoke to you about this um, I think it was in like the two months about two months after my first experience um, I had some of the most some of the most craziest dreams like uh, i mean like in different dimension type (laughs) shit like i could see everything feel things smell things i could feel the dust being kicked off of you know the floor and like stuff like it was just so vivid and um man it it has done something and i and i personally agree i think i believe that there's definitely a part of our brain that we use or that's activated when we're, you know, in the DMT realm, as well as, you know, a, the dream world, you know, I, yeah. I believe that I think that there is some type of correlation there. I mean, obviously it's all anecdotal and I, I don't, not sure, but I've experienced both and there's many similarities there. Yeah. Um, I mean, I like to think of dreams as a holographic version of reality. So, you know, like, a lot of people would make the idea that we're asleep right now, you know, like, a, don't, don't start that. No. <laughs> we're in a, we're asleep right now. And that you know, reality is totally different than what we're actually <laughs> receiving. Right. And the same thing is with the dream. It's like, um, you're kind of, you know, 
average person goes to sleep and then they wake up and they may have remembered some of their dreams, maybe not for the most part, they, they were asleep in their dream. You know, they were, they were doing things as if they were alive, doing things that they would normally do. It may seem bizarre, you know, as they wake up and tell people about, they're like, yeah, like this crazy thing happened. You know, like, I can't believe I was even thinking that that was real, you know? And it's like, yeah, okay. And then, so they wake up and they tell a story. Well, for me, you know, like if I'm lucid, it's like, I take a moment, I look around, I'm like, there's all this crazy shit happening around me, but I'm like, whoa, like I'm dreaming, you know, this is, this is my imagination, you know? Mm -hmm. And I go, so what does that mean about reality? You know, like, yes, it's teaching, uh, it's teaching you something through waking you up. Like, um, I don't necessarily believe that in becoming lucid in a dream, you're actually choosing to become lucid. It's like, becoming it's being done to you with the illusion of you choosing to do it if that makes sense so and the same thing is with waking up in reality if you look into like a cult text and stuff like that mm-hmm. is that it's not a choice that you woke up it's not a really a choice that you took the psychedelic it's what's happening to you to wake you to make you realize something is happening you know something there's a process taking place that you're part of and that you can kind of step out for a moment and you can observe it in a way that you typically wouldn't have a chance mm-hmm. to do. So, um, you know, and, and dreams really kind of show you that if you pay attention to it, you can start seeing similarities between reality and the dreams, such as like in the dream, like I said, you're, you're doing all these crazy things. You don't really think they're crazy at the time until you wake up. Well, imagine like what would happen when you die, you know, you wake oh, up and yeah. you reflect on the life that you lived and the reality that you're in. And you're like, holy shit, I can't believe that I was actually thinking that was like normal, you know, and you listen to people that have near death experiences or out of body experiences and so on. And they say exactly the same thing is that they, they realize that it was, it was not as serious in a way. You know, it was kind of a play that they were part of. It seemed very real. It is very real. It's important. But when you wake up out of it, then it's then it's not so much. Um, and dreams, people disregard dreams today as not important, you know. But oh, no. if you go back into like what I said about symbols and images and, yeah. and metaphor, dreams are symbolic and metaphorical and they're alive and they're complex unimaginable processes that are taking place in, in not only our psyche, but in the universe. And we're, we're actually impacting our experience of the universe through the dream experience. So they, and the same thing with psychedelics. So they're incredible, powerful. They're not tools either. They're incredible, powerful experiences that is equal to reality. Oh yeah. I, you know, when I start having, um, it's weird. I, I see patterns in my dreams, not within the dream, but just like what the dreams are of, you know, a lot of times I'll have stretches where, you know, all the dreams will have some kind of commonality and 
this is important to me because it makes me start paying attention and say, why am I dreaming this? Like, there's got to be something here, whether it's something in the back of my mind that's starting to come, you know, out and into the light and I need to do something. You know, I always feel like it's like almost like a guide for me. Yeah. You know, I'll like, give a, you know, a quick analogy is something useful for people because, you know, that may be important for people to actually think about. Um, so, it, you know, this actually happened pretty recent to me and it's still kind of happening is um, I've started having all these body issues and it started with an out of body experience where um, I encountered some uh, weird, bizarre things. And anyways, I woke up from the dream. I'll go into that, but I woke up from the dream and I, I was changed. I was changed forever it seems i'm still changed today from it and not in all positive ways either but in, in seemingly positive ways but from it it pushed me to change you know it pushed me to change how i see myself and to start improving on myself which it made me suffer and through suffering i wanted i wanted to change you know it brought light to things and that's what you know psychedelics do too but in the long run. So, um, so I'm having all these issues and my dreams are still like coming into me where there's these common themes where there's things like happening in the dream where say I'm in a house and bees are breaking in the windows and they're like flying around the house and they're attacking me and stuff. And I'm like, what the fuck, you know? And, or I'm in a submarine and like aliens break into the submarine and water's flooding the submarine and hmm. these aliens are you know, jacking all these people up and everything. And I'm like, what is going on? Or zombies breaking into houses. You know, I'm like, what, you know, and it's this common theme that I'm, I was experiencing. So mm -hmm. I was like, that's really weird. And I also feel like shit when I wake up, you know, like I'm like, huh. I feel drained, you know, I feel like zombies are draining me, you know? Yeah. I'm like, oh. so I go to the doctor, you know, and I, I'm, I go through the VA and God help them, you know, they can't figure anything out. So I keep going back. I'm like, it's something's wrong with me. You know, something's wrong with me. And they're like, we can't, we test you, you know, your blood, everything. They just keep putting more tests on me. And I'm like, so I was watching the Joe Rogan episode and they were talking about toxoplasmosis, which is like, um, it's yeah. common in Europe and really it, it's, you know, generally thought to cause by cats because of yes. like feces and stuff. They have this parasite inside them mm -hmm. and then it can get inside you and really mess you up. And it's common in Europe because they eat like, um, it's like 60% of Europeans have tax toxoplasmosis because, um, they eat like more raw meat. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can get it from like vegetable gardens, not cleaning your vegetables because there may be feces in the ground or something like that. Yeah. And it has the parasite on and on and on. Right. It's like probably around 40% of Americans have it in one time in their life and you can never get rid of it either. Once you have it, it's forever inside you. Oh shit. It goes, it goes dormant and that's when you don't have problems with it. But if you have like a compromised immune system at all, then it'll become active and it'll start eating you alive. And that's, so I watched this Joe Rogan video, you know, interview and I was like, what the hell? I'm like, maybe I have toxoplasmosis. <laughs> so I went to a, uh, the VA and I was like, you know, I didn't tell him about my dreams, but it, like the, the theme in my dream is like things breaking into my house, like yeah. trying to kill me and all these things. I'm like, and I was like thinking about my house. I'm like, what is my house? Well, my house and my body, you know, and like, um, you know, like my stomach, you know, like I started having all these stomach issues. I was like, maybe it's my stomach, you know, and my body's telling me something through my dreams. So I go to the doctor. I'm like, Hey, you know, I think I have toxic plasmosis. And he's like, 
He's like, well, whatever. Like, all right. Yeah. He's right, like, doctor. Yeah, exactly. He's like, I'm like, dude, I don't want to be a doctor. You know, I'm all right, I, Dr. I, Panda. Sit yeah. down. Exactly. I was like, all right. So he, he tests me for it and I got him oh, really? test and it came back positive. It, I, he's like, you had it, but it, because of the test, it shows mm. that you're like, um, you're fighting it off. And I was like, oh, and they, did, they didn't want to treat me for it. And I was like, okay. So I started mm. like changing my diet and all these things and like eating shitloads of turmeric and everything that would possibly <laughs> kill it, you know, taking parasite yeah. meds and everything. And my dreams started going away, dude. They started changing. Like the dreams didn't go away. They changed from like all these, you know, attacks in my house or my, you know, whatever symbolized my house house at the moment to like being much more my normal dream, you know, like mm-hmm. other shit that's going on. Yeah. So, you know, your dreams, I'm not saying everybody needs to go if they have like a dream or their, their house is getting flooded or whatever, you know, but you know, think about these these objects in your dreams as being something relatable to your, you know, your your situation in life on many levels. You know, like a parasite could be all the projects and people and everything yeah. that I'm having in my life that are constantly <laughs> just needing, 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 you know, and I'm like constantly fighting them to spend time with myself or the people I love, you know, those are parasitic too, you know? Yeah. So that's one level. And so I, that was one thing I, I tried to do before I went to the doctor is I tried to get rid of, you know, all the side projects I had going on and all the people that I was constantly thinking about, not get rid of them, but just take a break and see mm-hmm. what happened, you know, yeah. it helped, it helped some, but you know, these things are on levels, you know, like they, it's really hard. That's why I talk about like artwork, you know, it's, you got to treat, treat these things as like art. You got to, you got to learn like a shaman isn't like somebody just goes, I'm going to jungle and I'm just going to like, you know, read a textbook and I got it. You know, they're like, I'm going to like, this is my culture. I grew up in this culture. Mm -hmm. I'm going to, I live in the culture. I eat the food. I breathe. I know the language. I know everything about it. And then I'm going to do intense training with somebody that knows what the fuck they're doing for years, you know, before I even think I have an idea of how to use these, these magical uh, medicines, you know? Yeah. So that's, you know, we're, everyone's a shaman in a way they're learning their artwork to like better themselves, you know, mm-hmm. that's yeah. what I'm trying to do. No, that, that, that for me is the ultimate, that that's like the end goal, you know, use everything that I learned, but also, you know, create it, make it my own. You know, like yeah. I, I've always like I know earlier. You know, we talked about kind of being um, feeling like being a slave to something or depending on something so much um, yeah. outside. You know, externally, um, and I agree with that too. You know, I because I, I believe that you know I can learn enough about myself and my own mind to where you know if there's something in my life you know it, it could be anything emotional it could be money it could be you know relationships you know that i would like to be able to depend on myself you know in terms yeah. of if this is something that i personally do not like or you know i may have an issue with obviously there's a lot of knowledge to learn but <clears throat> i think just the change in perspective um and the way i look at it you know even something simple as that you know helps out so much but uh i think that's something that um 
for me, I, I see as um, I can respect that, man. I think that's um, that's something yeah. that it's challenging, man. It's really challenging. <laughs> I mean, everybody has, you know, I, I, I don't know about everybody, but I have an ideal view of who I would like to be, you know, mm-hmm. it's like that person that could stand up, you know, it's, you know, straight up head, head back, you know, shoulders straight, whatever up. And I feel confident and, and, and I'm moving forward and, and I'm helping people. And, you know, I'm kind of, it's kind of like Moses, you know, leading the people, you know, yeah. and, and for a better future, you know, like helping them uh, become who, who their best selves are, you know, that's yeah. who I'd like to be someday, you know? And, and I think everyone's kind of striving to that thing, but you have helpers that build you, you know, throughout, throughout your lifetime, you know, like to get hopefully to that point someday. And it, it may never happen, you know, like you may, that's what you strive for, right? You're striving for perfection, but you know, you're hoping for the best kind of thing, you know? Yeah. Um, and you know, I've used tools, you know, or helpers guides all my life to get to where I am today. And, and even the sick, you know, are helpers, they teach you, you know, like how to be the best, better you and you help them, they help you learn. And yeah, like, uh, for me right now, I'm trying to kind of get off of cannabis because I use cannabis to help me with my body issues and to learn about myself. And it really helped me. Um, but I feel that I've gotten to a point and also like things around me are kind of happening to the point where it's kind of pushing me into getting off of it. So I'm like, okay, you know, like I might have to suffer a little bit to actually get off of this stuff and I may have to live with pain and stuff, but now uh, I know how to kind of manage the pain and I can work with the pain versus like ignore it and actually like use it as a tool to better myself. You know, it doesn't mean that it's easy to get off of, anything, you know, like, um, changing your diet or, um, if you're, you know, addicted to anything, you know, even like slightly like dependent on something, it's really hard to get off of it because it's, it's helping you in some way. It may not be obvious to you and it may not be obvious to other people, but it is doing something to help you. But you also, you know, it's like, it's like leaving your parents' house someday, you know, you're like, okay, you know, I'm a grown up. Now I got to go do my own thing. You know, your, your parents helped you as much as they can. And it's not your job to like True. go your own way and like become a man or a woman, you know? And that's, um, you know, where I'm at constantly is like constantly trying to just grow to a point where I can be like, okay, I can, I could finally stand on my two feet yes. on this yes. subject, you know, mm-hmm. now, now I gotta, I gotta, I got to take responsibility for that. You know, like yeah. one thing I'm re- really learning is like the knowledge that you have, you know, like regardless of what it is, you know, like the psychedelic knowledge, you know, the community, know, knowing how powerful these medicines are for people, you have a great uh, responsibility with that knowledge because other people don't have that same knowledge. So you have a great responsibility to act on it and act responsibly with that knowledge, you know, like, you no longer can act like you're oblivious or, you know, don't know what you're doing. You have to, you have to be like, okay, I learned that lesson. I know it. I have the responsibility to not redo that lesson again and again and again, because, you know, then I'm, then I'm abusing it. I'm treating it like it's a, uh, like it wasn't as powerful as it actually yeah. is, you know? 
No, I, I understand that for sure. And another thing too is like um, some people may not be ready for it. You know, it's 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 just like um, just like people being on medication. You know, um, yeah. right now it is helping you. You know, and um, maybe one day you won't need it. Maybe one day you know you'll get better or you'll learn how to implement things in your life that will you know, help you in, in kind of the same way that the medication is or, you know, substance or whatever it is that you're, you know, depending yeah. on. Um, but I yeah. think that for me, it's healthy to learn how to do it on my own. You know, and I know before, you know, prior to, to uh, starting this conversation here, um, you know, I told you about how I'm going back to the VA as well, you know, yeah. and for me, it's kind of <clears throat> kind of a two-way street here because I've always heard people talk shit about the VA and Obviously, the VA the VA has fucked up a lot of shit, and they not you know the organization itself because of policy or whatever it is that they have you know that people are bound by. But I've met some fucking angels in those VA hospitals. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I mean, uh, yeah. I, I'm not. I'm bashing the VA because everyone else bashes it, but <laughs> those guys help me out a ton. You know, like yeah. Um, well, the thing is too. Like I was, I had an interview with or. An intake with this he was a psychologist and yeah. you know at the end i asked him questions i was like you know is there anything that you would suggest to me outside of the, you know the va material mm-hmm. and you know asking him you know what's the difference between your job and this person's job and and he was kind of surprised he was like <laughs> those are all good at questions you know i've never even had anybody ask me these questions wow. but i told him you know m- my thing is you know, I hear people talk a lot of shit and I'm like, look, man, it's not without reason. I know. But the fact of the matter is, um, you know, we through blood, sweat and tears, we've earned this service. And for me to walk away from it is like, who, who am I to blame? You know, is it right. all the VA or is it some of it me too? Like I got to hold myself accountable to that. Yeah. as well. So if I'm going to go back to the VA, I have to put my best foot forward and, yeah, and anything and say, you know what I did tried my best i went in it all the way and either it worked for me or it didn't work for me yeah the va is like essentially going to give you an x-ray and go this is what we found that's wrong with you and and we can cut up your body and try to fix some stuff but it may work it may not you know that's like their thing you know like the x-ray could be whatever it could be psychological help it could be meds whatever right it's your responsibility to self-care as well on top of that, you know, like, exactly. And, that, and that's exactly what you're doing by asking questions outside of like the scope of what the doctor is like giving you mm-hmm. and like self-reflecting, you know, eating better, exercising, all these things that like they can maybe tell you you should do, but it's on you to go do it. Yeah. That like I listen, I watch these YouTube videos on like this guy, he's a chiropractic guy doing like a bunch of necks exercises and he's always like self-care is the best best care and i'm like yeah dude i'm like self-care is the best care you know and it's because yeah. like no one's gonna care about you more than you care exactly. about yourself exactly. and and i re- and the va really taught me that one you know like in a, <laughs> in a positive and negative way i'm like these yeah. motherfuckers you know they're trying their best but they really they got so many people to look after and this is any doctor it's not even just the yeah, va yeah they yeah. don't care once you leave the office, they're probably going to think about you ever again. You know, mm-hmm. they're not going like is Panda dream, uh, <laughs> taking his meds or whatever. They don't <laughs> give a shit, you know, yeah. they're like next. And so you're the only one thinking that. So if you gotta, you gotta take care of yourself, you know, well, and like, and meds, yeah. med wise, you know, meds and stuff like that, you know, people, 
especially in the psychedelic community, they harp on like meds and stuff like that because they, they have a lot of like negative outcomes for a lot of people, but you know, like that, that, that's just like uh, another tool to help people out, you know, exactly. to get on their feet, you know, maybe, exactly. maybe they need that, you know? I, I agree hundred percent. You know, I, you know what I did though today with the, the doctor I met though is <clears throat> I applied some kind of um, personalization to my treatment mm-hmm. plan, you know, by asking him those questions and, you know, just asking his opinion on things because I want like, I, you're going to know me as much as, you know, yeah, I'll I'll give you, you more. Yeah. <laughs> He'll be like, wow, this guy's actually a human being. Um, yeah. Because I, I, do think care. That's where, I think that's where, especially with like with, with organizations like that, that have been in the news for shitty, you know, shitty instances, you know, and I'm telling them, Hey, look, I understand, you know, I understand that it's, you're not the VA, you know, you're blah, blah, blah. And I'm, you know, Alex, and, you know, between you and I, we can put all that shit aside and I could just come to you and be 100% honest and open with you and give my best effort. But, you know, I want the same from you. And the only way I could do that is by me looking at you the way you I want you to look at me, which is just a fucking person, you know? Yeah, dude. I mean, that, the medicine that you apply to that doctor is is the medicine that America and all the world needs right now. Oh, you man. know, yeah. it's like... Well, is yeah. looking past what is, you know, the, the badge or whatever, mm-hmm. or the community or a group and say, this person is a human being. Maybe I should get to know them because they have something to teach me about mm-hmm. myself to improve myself. Like, you know, like if I'm a left wing uh, person and, and, a, and I go talk to a right wing guy and I really like put my biases aside for just a minute and pay attention to that person, they're going to give me medicine. You know, they're yeah. going to, they're going to give me a little extra medicine that I, I typically wouldn't get from them as they're, because normally they're playing the doctor of the right wing guy, you know, and I'm yeah. getting, I'm just getting the little bit of care that everybody else is getting. But when I really put a little bit of effort into it, like you did, I get a lot more medicine back. And now my views start changing in a different mm-hmm. way that I never thought was possible. Yeah. And I heal from that, you know, like people are sick, man. And, and it's, you know, it's, it all comes around like the sickness that you are experiencing mentally right now yeah. you're at the VA with, it's the same sickness that everybody else has. And it's the same, the medicine's the same, you know, it's a little bit of extra care, dude. Yeah, definitely. That just having the, um, God, I, I, for me, it's just looking at people as people, you know, regardless of your, and you want to know something, man, it was hard, bro. Like when I saw him, I was like, fuck dude. Like, you know, I don't like to judge people, but when you, you have yeah. a, you look at somebody in your first impression, boom. And it yeah. fucks things up. And I was like, Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Cause he was already talking about packets and like, you know, the yeah. scene of the song and dance. And I wanted to fucking stop and just shut down and say, this guy's not good for me, but I didn't. I was like, Hey man, look, listen, <laughs> Dude, I'm gonna tell you something because I knew right away too when he saw me. You know, I could tell his first impression was, the, you know, the opposite yeah. end of it. And I was like, "Fuck!" Well, I'm the one here. I'm the one coming for treatment, so it's got to be uh, for me personally. I believe that it's got to be me to change, to look past it. And I did, and, and it turned out well, man. It turned out That's well. That's good, man. Yeah, I think, I'll give you a little thing. Uh, I don't know if it's funny, but I thought it was funny. But um, so I was having a bunch of potty you know, the body issues and stuff. So I went to the VA and they said, Hey, why don't you go talk to the psychologist? I was like, all right, you know, and 
so I went in there and I filled out the form, you know, and they're like, have you thought about suicide? I was like, yeah, you know, so I went in there and, and I don't think about death the same way as other people do. So mm-hmm. I go in there and the, and the lady's like, it says here that, you know, you, you recently thought about suicide. Uh, and I was like, yeah. And she's like, well, why would you think that? And I was like, well, why wouldn't I, you know, it's like, I constantly, you know, like to be able to reflect on those hard things and think about them, you know, like, is life worth living? You know, like mm-hmm. to me, that's like really important. I constantly think that, you oh, know, yeah. it's like, is it worth the, the suffering that I'm experiencing right now? And, and what does that mean? Am I willing to suffer? Am I willing to take up that burden of suffrage and continue forward? And of course, you know, like I love life. Yes. Yeah. But I still thought about it, you know, yeah, yeah. it's like, is that <laughs> off balance to think, you know, now? And yeah. like, you know, it's like, but that was the medicine that I really needed from that lady. She just didn't realize it. So, um, you know, I was done with that, but, <laughs> but, you know, like I realized in that conversation that she, she maybe was a little bit more rigid than the person that I was seeking and the person that oh, you yeah. found, you know, it sounds like, you know, he's a he, more human than you imagined, you know? Yeah. Dude, as soon as I, as soon as I approached him that way, man, the entire conversation shifted, man. And, and it was just like, this is, this is what I needed to do. And I knew, I knew I just had to act on it, you know, and it's hard to change that behavior, you know, to always be like, ah, fuck the VA or fuck that person or fuck this. It's hard. It's hard. It's easy to do that. And, um, sometimes you just have to challenge yourself, you know, and try, try again, man. That's it. Damn dude. It's been really, fuck. it's been really good having you on, man. I, 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 you know, we can have conversation all fucking day, man. Um, I just wanted to, you know, bring you on and kind of, you know, get get to know you a little more and also the the community there. And, you know, I know that all of us are really, really grateful for, you know, DMT world. Um, And also, um, you know, just, just the sense of community that was, that was created out of it. And it's uh, definitely something that we, I know I hold near and dear to my heart. So I'm sure others do as well. Thanks, man. Yeah, the only thing I ask from people, you know, like if you if you can't donate to support it or whatever, um, you know, and you listen to this recording, just ask that even if it's one time, you know, go out in your community and try to like help other people mm-hmm. in some way. Like, um, and it doesn't have to be related to psychedelics or anything like that. Just just give back to your people. Like, um, I spent good four or five hours on Tuesday helping uh, the food drive, the food bank there. Nice. It's hard ass work, man. I, I still am like messed up from it, but you know, like those people needed that help. And it was just eye opening to me to see how many people are suffering right now and really do need help. And there's ways to do it that, you know, if you're, if you're physically strong, that's something to do. If you're mentally strong, there's other ways to help people, you know, yep. and, and maybe mix it up a little bit, you know, and, or go do what you did, you know, and like uh, start up a local community group at your local DMT world fight club, you know, and um, don't fight each other, but share a little love with other people, you know, (laughs) or take somebody out to coffee or buy somebody else a coffee or whatever you got to do. Just one thing, man. Like I was saying, it's one little thing. You don't know how big it's going to, Oh, really yeah. impacts people. And I truly believe that, you know? Fuck yeah, me too, man. I spread the love right there, man. Yeah. Got to. Look, <laughs> I, I, I got it. You're going to have it, you know? And I'll give it to you in any way that I can. So I 100% agree with that sentiment, man. I really do. 
Well, it was, it was good talking to you, man. I, I, I love our conversations, even off Definitely, the podcast. Man. So, hey, um, you had that website, hiddengateways.com? Yeah, hidden, hiddengateways.com, or you can go to taileaters.com. So, taileaters.com as well. I'll give you the link. Yeah. Cool. And then what about the book? That book did. Uh, um, the name's still pending, but uh, okay. once it's out, I'll put it on DMT World so people can get a. Awesome. Um, they can either buy a copy from me or they can uh they can email me directly and i'll send them a free copy so they have it nice um oh yeah man and even if it costs me money you know whatever i'm just trying to people need to they need to be inspired to care about their dreams more and i mean the psychedelics in dreams they tie right into each other yeah. like if you're not paying attention to your dreams right now then you are missing out on oh, yeah. important lessons so um you know, there's a there's a much bigger world than than people think there is. Like even me, like I, I'm I'm pretty far out there. I'll tell you that right now. You know, <laughs> but it is much bigger than I'm touching on. You know, like it's yeah. it's really 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 far out there. So um, this book is just one contribution. It's one mm-hmm. of those things that I really felt like I didn't write it again. You know, like mm-hmm. it was. I'm not a very good writer. I'll tell you that right now, but I had a good editor to help me out. And, but I, I felt like when I was writing it, it was, it was made for, it was made because of a passion to share knowledge instead of make money, you know? And so I really think that in, in there is enough essence of truth that you can start getting to your, you know, way forward. It may give you a little bit of, boost just to get you somewhere that you want to get to you know so definitely check that out man you're i've said it before and i'll say it again man you're a beautiful human being (laughs) you really are man man. i fucking appreciate you man i really do thanks for coming on man no problem man all right man uh hopefully we'll do this later sometime maybe when your book comes out or something and uh can promote it or or whatnot yeah sounds good cool man well uh thanks for being on again after people die other people are born and they're all you we're all one as I chill under the fall sun Spitting with a vision, I ain't quitting till it's all done Living with a mission, got precision like a military hitman With a victim in his vision and a small gun Living life like a seeker of wisdom I'm spreading words to the speaker, so listen The people are victims, and really it's no secret condition But the minds are asleep in a prison, it's like the deep in submission Evil creeps peaks into vision until they can't make a decent decision These plants speak in their wisdom Stop, take a breather and listen You might find what you seek in your vision I am what I'm really trying to say is if you take some time to break the line, you're walking with caution, there is a greater find. Living life and I'm taking my time, and Staying divine is a state of the mind, man. You don't have to know how to shine the sun. You just do it. Like you breathe. Doesn't it really astonish you that you are this fantastically complex thing? And that you're doing all of this and you never had any education in how to do it?